The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. Pharrell on the bench in the biggest way possible, hanging out the bad seat, broken out bad apple with a bad attitude, hanging around a bunch of bad, 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 long, bad, do, bad, 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 We are live in the Pharrell Appalachia, right across the river and through the woods from where Granny likes to pick up that fire OG and roll it up with a little whiskey sour right before dinner in New York City, the Big Apple. Ooh. People dressed in plastic bags, directing traffic, some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do that. All my friends that come around, that's a fuzzy party, oh, rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown, what a mess, it's not a tatter, my brain splattered all over Manhattan, should do be shake it up. Hey, what's gigging? It's Pharrell with Mafia tonight, and we got uh, Rick Harrow coming up here in the first hour at uh, about, uh, I don't even know, what's that, like 15 minutes from now? I can't keep track of it. And then in the uh, second hour, Mike blew it. Our boy Blue. You're my boy Blue. We're going to talk to uh, Mike Blue in the second hour about uh, NFL stuff. How's that sound? Sound good? All right. And uh, with uh, Haro, we do something different than we do on the uh, TV show, Coast to Coast. On that show, we do the 15 to watch. On this show, we do the top tech, top sports people uh to keep an eye on tech issues sports people in the news things like that and uh we'll talk to him about all that stuff we got a lot going on tonight and uh by the way uh we're excited because this week uh baseball returns on thursday and then uh friday a full slate thursday just two games friday a full slate of games and then uh, I think at the end of next week, you got hockey and NBA starting. So it's just absolute chaos. So get in the Church of Pharrell in the chat. Let's go. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys. And I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you. Because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. 
And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, for all on the bench. So I have to uh, like wear this thing. I think at some point I'm wearing this uh, sweatsuit top or something. You know, like the top to the Adidas sweats. I look like a uh, like a bad scene from Sopranos. I got like the you know the Adidas sweatsuit on because um, I'm freezing ass. I came up to the studio to do this show tonight and it literally was like 66 degrees up here. And I am just like, I mean, to tell you, Nipsey Russell, I mean, I was just like, I came up, man. I had the hair on my arms were standing straight up. I was like, God, it's like Antarctica in here. It's like a hundred degrees in New York. Right. So I don't even think it's that bad at night. I know that um, after I did Coast to Coast, I went out and shot hoops. So I wasn't really miserable at all when the sun went down. I was chilling. I was shooting hoops, lifting weights, hanging out. I didn't have a problem. I wasn't getting all soaky, sweaty, wet or anything like that. I just shot a bunch of J's and was chilling. We somehow got much different weather than Scott because an hour after our show, seven o'clock Eastern, I went out running. I did two miles and then came back and lifted, and it was still over ninety degrees according to the thermometer. Well, I mean, it's isn't it like a it's like a hundred the last few days, right? It was, yeah. So you can see why uh, people have the air on or whatever. But I know that thirty four C she constantly does this to me. Like this is, it doesn't matter if it's a hundred degrees outside or if it's 80 degrees outside, it's 70 degrees outside. She'll still keep it at like 66, 67 degrees. When she sleeps, she rocks the cold, you know, everything's cold, ice cold. And that's crazy. Like, I just can't, like I was, you know, I get in bed and I'm like shaking. <laughs> I have to like, I'm like, I curl up in a ball. I'm freezing my ass off. I'm just miserable, freezing cold. And I'm like, who does that? Who actually keeps their room so cold that you can't even like, if you come up for air under the blankets, you got you frostbit and you got ice on your nose. Like who needs that? I don't same thing happens when I go on like vacations with her. Like I'll you know, I'll stay in a nice place or whatever. I'll have the you know, I get a suite or something or a villa or whatever. I get the nice living large type pad and then I'll I'll get there and like an hour later I 
I'm running errands or whatever. I'll go out, you know, you got to hit the local store and get some things. I'll come back and I'll open up the door to the villa and it'll be 65 degrees in the room. And I'm like, Jesus, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? And then the rest of the time I'm there, the whole vacation, I'm freezing. Nipsey Russell style, son. I got no time for that. Like, who does that? Like, you got to be, she's hot blooded or something. She can't have the heat. She's got to have cold. I'm so hot for her. I'm so hot for her. I'm so hot for her. She's so cold. And that's what she does to me. She she gives me that ice cold, like, aqua velva that, you know, she's making margaritas up in here. It's so cold. You get, Who needs ice? You can just make the drink and it'll be cold. It's unbelievable how freezing I'm. I'm like this, like I'm all bundled up. <laughs> I got the whole deal. I got it. I'm going to start shaking. I got the shivers. I don't know what to do. So anyway, I was looking at, uh, did you see mafia that they uh, have banned fans at the MetLife stadium in East Rutherford? That's right down the street from uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook, where we used to work <laughs> a long time ago. I did see that today. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of expected that with all the way things are going in New York, New Jersey, the tri-state area. How you know cautious they're being with things, trying to keep the numbers down and not let them get back up to the levels they were a couple months ago. It's not surprising they don't want to pack fifty thousand fans in a football stadium. Why would they? But like, the let's face facts. Like, isn't New York like under control? Isn't New Jersey under control? Like, uh, we have the lowest rate right now in the country. They are, but I mean, if you let people back into early, like, or put too many people in one little area like Texas and Florida and these other states did, that's how you get the numbers to jump back up and you get that second resurgence. So you're saying that Jets fans carry the Honta? I'm saying all people do. There's a, there's a million people out there, millions of people uh, out there who have had this. And then when you get start drinking in the parking lot and they go into a stadium, no one's going to practice social distancing or have their masks on and it's going to spread. I think it's the Jets fans have uh, been the harbinger for the Hanta. <laughs> they have. I think the Jets fans are the ones that brought it in. They brought it in. They blame China. It's actually the Jets fans that brought it to this country. Really, we haven't it had enough suffering in our fandom that you got to throw this down on us, too? Throw us under the bus for this? It didn't come from the airport like everyone suggested, that it was flown into our country and into our lives. It was actually hiding out in the jet nutmobile. <laughs> the COVID was stashed in the back of the jet nutmobile over at MetLife Stadium. Are you claiming this is just a mutated version of Sam Darnold's mono from last year? Yes. I saw uh, Didi Gregorius playing against the Yankees tonight in a Phillies uniform. That looked bizarre uh, enough in itself. And I actually think that your boy, Aaron Judge, hit another home run tonight. Guy's hitting home runs every day now. Got to hit all these home runs now. That way when he's out hurt, we just remember these home runs that he hit in meaningless scrimmages. Right. Do you think that he'll last 60 games? No. 
The guy's got hurt like every 10 days over the last two years. I mean, him and Stan, I don't know. Well, obviously Stan's played less because he only played, what, five games all of last year. But both those guys spent more time on the injured list than on the bench. Do you think that Judge will make it 10 days without being injured in the season? Do you think, like, so 60 to 50? Uh, no, I'll, I'll give him 35 games. So he'll play 35 of 60. Yes. But, but, but my question is, will he make it 10 games? Yeah, I'll say game 15, he starts to break down and start getting like so you, little injuries that came out a day. And then all of a sudden it turns into a week. So you're going over the 10. I'm going over the 10 as long as he doesn't sleep wrong, you know? Well, that doesn't that doesn't work for me. If he sleeps wrong and tweaks his neck again and he's out, that's an injury. That is. He can't miss, he can't miss any games. I'm telling you, he's gotta he's gotta play. When he plays, he hits home runs. Uh, the other day, didn't I play a clip where Stanton hit one? And was that today? I played both of those. Home runs? Uh, I, think. I think Friday we had the stand one. Maybe both those were on Friday, and then uh, Judge continued to hit them over the weekend. There you go. I can't keep track of, of all their home runs. They're just crushing the ball. Now, I don't actually, even know did if play they... Yankee one today, so it might have been the stand today. I, well, I definitely played... Uh, maybe right, we're was. comparing that one to the Dodger home run call and how much better it was. Well, I can tell you right now, I'd rather look it up and be uh, precise. Let's, oh, God, I just closed the church. I got to open that back up. Uh, all right, let's see what it was. I think I had it on here at some point or another. Aaron Judge, it went. All right, so no, I yeah, I played the, uh, you're right, I played the Stanton uh, moonshot against the Mets. And then the other day we played, I think it was Friday. We hit the other ones. All right. When we come back, we'll uh, talk to Rick Haro, unless he forgets to call. <laughs> That's very possible at this point, this late in the evening. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. All right, Pharrell on the bench. We bring in Ricardo, our sports business and legal insider from Harvard. On the show tonight, Mr. Haro. Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right, man. How are you? I'm all right. All right, so let me ask you. Uh, Odell Beckham and uh, Cam Jordan, uh, DK Metcalf, are more than uh, powerhouses on the field. 
they're also in the you know influential player voice uh, department when it comes to social media and fan engagement. And in fact, from what I'm seeing here, that you're selling that um, that Beckham is the top guy in the uh, NFL in total engagements by leading the way on Instagram uh, with Tom Brady coming in uh, just behind Beckham while uh, ranking tops league-wide on Facebook. Metcalf, Kittle, Mahomes, Kyler Murray are among the fastest-growing players on social media, according to the NFL PA. Social media uh, prowess is increasingly a skill at athletes that they have to master. Why is that? Well, because they're part of the endorsement contracts these days, and they're also one of the keys to getting noticed. Uh, they're not really interested as much in what an athlete has to say as, as much as who's following that particular athlete. Tom Brady, you understand. But Beckham's worked hard, and Cam Jordan have worked hard at trying to express themselves, not by saying anything outrageous necessarily, but by being everywhere, by being kind of all things to all people. And it shows, and they're getting bigger endorsement deals because – we're now in the age of social media, not just because it's fun to do, but because it's more lucrative as well. So, uh, you know, I guess what I, I want to throw out there is that, you know, Beckham, well, at least he's good at something because. <laughs> yeah, well, he's good. at Listen, he's good at getting his name all over the place. He's not necessarily good at being civil and he's not good at being conservative. And nobody said that these are positive statements necessarily. All it says is total engagements. And so, you know, there are companies now that rank the awareness as positive, negative, or neutral. And I guess if you're a mainstream corporation, you just can't have somebody be prolific and have a lot of, a lot of likes or a lot of uses and a lot of views, but you have to have somebody whose opinion people will at least try to follow or at the very least not being turned off by. So, I mean, the guy uh, is very... Uh, so. You're saying he's very popular uh, because he's obviously if tons of people are following him, he's popular uh, on social media, but he hasn't translated on the field that much. I mean, everything that I've seen of him, Rick, on the field has been, frankly, losing his mind. Like, uh, I'll yeah. never forget what he did when he played for the Giants. The uh, two incidents, one, it, when he went to the bathroom in the end zone and two when he got in a fight with the guy from the Redskins uh Norman whatever the hell his name is uh, all i know is that uh, that defined him in new york then he went to cleveland and what has he done in cleveland shy of nothing uh basically nothing but what also defined him as remember is that one-handed catch which was in many ways a lot of the value of his contract. You know, does that mean that he can go say whatever he wants to anywhere? Now, a lot of people uh, are saying, and a lot of agents I know who kid around about this a little bit, they said, you know, the, if we had the power to take away our athletes' cell phones and Twitter accounts when we signed them and then gave them endorsement monies and said, look, if you want to keep this, then stay off social media. But nobody's really listening. And frankly, if you're not performing well, you just try to better shut up. But some people take that advice, my friend, and some don't. So uh, do you think that uh, I think that America couldn't stand him? And I think they got sick and tired of his act in New York, and that's why they got rid of him. And then I think he's actually been 
fairly decent in Cleveland in terms of his, uh, you know, growth, in terms of his behavior. He hasn't acted the same way he did in New York. But the thing is that he, as I mentioned, hasn't produced. Now, he's always guaranteed that, uh, you know, like even now he's saying, this is, I'm leading my best life. I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm going to take this all out on the field and I'm going to own the season. I'm going to be, I'm going to have the greatest year ever. And I'm going to just obliterate everyone in the league when I uh, perform on Sundays and whatever other days, Thursdays, Saturdays, Mondays, whatever. But I know that uh, there's a lot of people that when he says that, Rick, uh, they just don't believe him. Do you believe him? No, I don't necessarily disbelieve him. I know that's a lawyer's answer, but let's see what he and Landry do on the field with a questionably maturing Baker Mayfield, right? So everybody was talking about how the Browns were the lock, everybody's Super Bowl darling, but they failed on offense, not just defense. And so you've got to make sure that uh, they complement each other, and Beckham continues to be wide open, and people will be able to throw the ball across the middle, and Landry has been there. So they are great complementary pieces. You know, in college, how good was that twosome? And, of course, as a Dolphin fan, I lamented when the Dolphins let him get away to Cleveland, meaning Landry. But on the other hand, he hadn't done a whole lot either, and so it is time. Uh, I don't know. I don't believe or disbelieve. I guess this is the season for the guy. He can engage and like and Facebook and Twitter all he wants, but as you said, if he doesn't perform this season, it's a bad year for him. So uh, Cam Jordan and DK Metcalf, that really surprises me how they're uh, ranked that high in this department because, I mean, if it wasn't for you, because you find everything, you know everything, you're you're the inside guy with these stories, and you're always dead right about them, and you don't do stories that aren't good in terms of finding skinny. But in God's name, who would ever mention Cam Jordan and DK Metcalf besides this uh, opportunity right here? Like, yeah, how right. are they, no, I agree. How are yeah, they so the, popular? Go figure. Well, um, Open Doors, you know, which is a company that does a lot of this stuff, partnered with the NFLPA, and they come up with the numbers. And the numbers don't lie. Now, how did they get those numbers? Well, a big deal on Facebook, uh, Metcalf, as uh, we said, along with uh, George Kittle, uh, George Kelly understand in San Francisco, uh, and Patrick Mahomes obviously understand Kansas City, sure. and Tyler Murray is the second coming in Arizona. Sure. So you understand all of that. But DK Metcalf worked really hard at being on Twitter every day and social media every day. It's a art where you get so cluttered with your social media stuff, but you got to say something, not necessarily profound, but you can't get on there and say, I had a grilled cheese sandwich for lunch today, or people are going to stop listening to you. You know, SportsGrid uh, does a tremendous amount of uh, activity on social media, and I know you've seen it. Oh, yeah. And, and frankly, it's one of those things that is kind of exciting about SportsGrid. Many, many, many things are exciting about SportsGrid, but one of the things is that you know, it's the next generation, and uh, people understand, uh, like uh, the big networks, the older networks, they all kind of talk the language of social media and did a little bit of Facebook stuff. Uh, and then when not the going gets rough, but you can tell during the pandemic with the um, main networks, one of the first things that happened is you kind of cut back 
on social media stuff, uh, honestly, and Sports Grid is increasing it. That's why you're where you are, and that's why they're moving the way they are. DC United hosted a watch party for fans. When was that? Friday night when they were playing at the Audi Field, and I guess that's what they call it down in Orlando. Yeah, well, right. It's but it's 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 uh, you know the the Audi Field, um, uh, kind of temporarily at Disney. Seventy fans uh, lounged across the field, spaced out by cones, fifteen by fifteen, twenty-five bucks per person. It's a way to get some revenue, and it's also a way to get some fan interaction. There's going to be a lot of that as well, especially the MLS tournament, which is now really heating up. And I think we're going to have a lot of that in other sports, even though, obviously, it's a lot easier to do around Disney. It's really comfortable, uh, and there's a lot of space there, and certainly back in Washington. But, you know, indoor arena stuff, uh, the bubble in in, uh, Orlando, you're not going to see any of that. And uh, the bubble in Edmonton, the bubble in Toronto, I don't know what's going to happen with fans. I suspect they're going to be nowhere near there and no tailgating either. So it'll be interesting with each sport. So what is the deal with uh, eSports being down? I was surprised to see that. Yeah, well, it's an interesting thing because there are a lot of different studies. This is Nuzu, and they downgraded its eSport revenue outlook for the year, uh, 8% decrease, according to Mobile Marketer. eSports revenue, by the way, we're still not going to hold a bake sale for them. It's going to reach nearly a billion dollars in 2020 and a billion two next year. Uh, they call it sluggishness. I, I, I call it unbelievable. Uh, but esports has generally been painted as receiving a windfall due to the uh, COVID. But the lockdown consumers are playing more video games. In the absence of live sports, people are tuning into competitive video game play and not maybe watching as much as they're playing. Uh, the esports piece is immensely valuable, but maybe it's not as big a deal as some people think. All right, so when we come back, we're going to talk more with Rick Haro about uh, the NFL and Pluto TV, which, of course, Sports Grid is on Pluto TV. And uh, Coast to Coast, you can watch on Pluto TV. A lot of people uh, have Pluto TV on their smart TVs. I have, uh, you know, all of that. I have, uh, you know, Roku and, and Pluto and all of these services. You name it, I got it. And uh, I think it's pretty cool. The other day I was showing uh, my mother-in-law. She was drinking wine, and I showed her coast to coast uh, on the two services. I had Roku on, and I had Pluto on, and I showed her the channels. And uh, she drank the entire bottle of wine, which I thought was awesome and didn't care about my show. All right, for on the bench, we're talking to Rick Caro. So the NFL and Pluto TV have extended their programming partnership in a multi-year agreement. What's going on there, uh, Rick? Is you know Pluto's got everything, and uh, these OTT services are incredible. Uh, you know, Sports Grid's on there. I know that we got a ton of uh, viewers from Pluto every day that watch the shows and watch the network. How big is Pluto getting in terms of uh, having a deal like this with the NFL? That's got to be great. Yeah, well, they, you know, last year they were just lucky, not lucky, but they were just trying to get in. Uh, now, after a year, 
NFL Channel and the NFL and Pluto worked out a deal according to Deadline. Uh, the Pluto Channel designed to be very different from the NFL's network cable offering. The program coming to the channel includes the selection of uh, highlight shows uh, commemorating the league's 100th anniversary season last year. Uh, extra viewer attention, by the way, obviously, because people are staying home because of, of COVID. Season's supposed to start September 10. Uh, the camps open later this month. And obviously, Pluto's going to attract those eyeballs regardless of whether and when there's live football. So, I, um, new programming coming to the channel includes a selection of highlight shows produced to commemorate the 100th anniversary season last year. So, they're running games and they're running uh, football shows? Well, the games themselves will be uh, st- uh, uh, on other services, studio chat, uh, that are the bread and butter of the pay TV cap uh, package, uh, will include the selection of highlight shows as well as other content. And a lot of it, obviously, is going to depend on when the season starts and how much, because you're going to be able to cover it up with more highlight shows, and that's going to be there no matter what. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, there you go. Uh, the international uh, FIBA, the Basketball Federation's uh, FIBA Esports Open, achieved more than 5 million views across the global governing body social media channels and those of its uh, national federations, the three-day event. What was that about? Well, here's the deal. So, you know, we talked earlier about esports broadly declining, but if you have a very targeted deal, kind of like what the NBA is doing with NBA 2K uh, and FIBA, which is the international governing body, had a big tournament that ended last month, June 19, 21, and 20. 100 different locations globally. Each of the 54 games streamed on FIBA's uh, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube channels. 17 team tournament, 2.1 million impressions in Spain alone, 9.8 million viewed hours. A big deal. They've got now a new esports studio in Latvia with a daily show talking about the highlights of the best esports game each day. The 54 games amounted to a total of 40 hours worth of production, and 35 national federations have expressed interest in the next esports tournament. So, you know, if it's carefully targeted and if it's done right, it's here to stay, obviously. How many. do you think women in Spain and, frankly, Barcelona and then even Latvia, how many do you feel uh, at some point or another uh, have fallen in love with me? You know, women from uh, uh, Spain. Uh, none. <laughs> I mean, come on, Rick. You got to give me some, you gotta give me some uh, love over right. here. Can I get it? You, right, you, how seven. many impressions? You just gave, you just gave uh, you know, 1.4 million unique views. Uh, on the Twitter, and then uh, the Latvian one, you got 40 hours worth of production, and then you got 2.1 million impressions in Spain alone, 1.7 and 9.8 million viewed hours, and you're giving me a zero. A well, double, no, no, only because zero only, only, zero. only because they're the ones that are watching NBA 2K. You know, had they been given the opportunity to watch or listen to you on a regular basis, who knows how many would fall in love with you? How's that? Is that better? So it, here's a story for you. 
So uh, you have to you have to explain this to me in terms of uh, through the eyes of your uh, experience with your daughters. Okay. Oh boy! So here it comes. Here Wait, it comes. Get the button ready. So, so my son uh, is going on sixteen, and yeah. uh, and he like barely talks to me. And uh, literally, it's gotten the, it's gotten so bad. Like the teenage years have gotten so bad. Like the guys in honors classes, right? Straight A's. I told you this Aren't before. Aren't you a cool was, dad? I'm sorry for this. I am a session, ver- but, very but, cool. But it doesn't. He should like what you do, even if he doesn't like what who you are. Oh no, so. he he knows that I'm cool. He knows that I'm a cool dude, and I know that he likes me. But um, this is a conversation about not wanting to have anything to do with me. <laughs> yeah, but but it'll it'll uh, he'll he'll grow out of that. Did, now, did wait, you find out who threw wait, the basketball down the street? Okay, so here's what happened. That was the last story I gave you with the basketball down the street. This time right. uh, he had another party tonight, and uh, my wife is home this time, and she approved of it, and I was on the air doing coast to coast, and I got off, and she said he's having a bunch of guys over to. I don't know, play basketball and, and uh, drink all my drinks and eat all my food. And so uh, I was out in the driveway shooting hoops, minding my own business because his party was going to start around, I think, seven o'clock or something like that. And so I'm out there shooting J's and lifting weights and I got my earbuds in. I'm not bothering anybody. I'm just just stroking 25 footers from everywhere all over the driveway. I'm just I'm just basting shots. And then he comes out. You know, what he says to me. Can you go inside now? I said no one's here oh, yet. No. He goes, really? I said I said no one's no one's even here yet. And he said, "Yeah, but I don't want them to see you when they do get here." Oh, that's and I was nice like, of, of "I go, all right, no, I, no problem. Nice. I'll go in. I'll go inside. No problem. You no, no, go no. ahead. Go ahead. First of all, none of them can stop me. Not one of them. It would take all all eight, ten of them to stop me from scoring. And then second of all, I just I'm trying to be cool about it. I was like, okay, you don't want anything to do with me, then that's cool. I'll go inside. And then I'll try to see if your mother wants to make love or something. Oh well, something there you go. That's that again, much too much information. <laughs> but we're watch we're seeing a fragile side of Pharrell. This is a Monday night Pharrell tell all. Well, what, what were your, so that's not, this is not some kind of Femi story. This is, tell me what happened when your daughters were 15 and 16 and they stopped talking to you. Oh, well, they didn't even want to see. So obviously you have the story about getting dropped off at school and turning around the you know, the block. And then the door pops open and the school is nowhere in sight. And it's like, what are you doing? She said, not. Nah. And by the way, this is a gifted school in a sketchy neighborhood. So, and it's three blocks away from the school. And my daughter said, well, no, no, I'll just get out here. She said, I want some exercise. And it's like, well, you really don't want to see me, huh? I said, well, no, we just I want to meet my friends, and I just want to walk. So that's the treatment I got. So it happens to all of us. You just shut up and deal with it. Oh, so shut up and deal with it is your advice. So just let it. <laughs> yeah, go. how's that? Is that okay with you? Is it? Is, uh, is, that, is that as good as it gets or what? That, you want somebody to charge it. you? I, I, I'll find somebody to charge you for the advice. It'll be the same advice. I got plenty of those. All right. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Now that we know that you're of no help. Uh, no help. So the impact of racial and social justice issues we examined uh, in wave six of a marketing SRI research arm. Uh, you're losing me. What is this about? Uh, well, I'll tell you what it's about. It's the power of sports segment that we do. Right. And 86 percent of 
of the surveyed folks say that if you're telling a message about racial and social injustice, you're more apt to have an ad that people will buy. You're more apt to get some interest. Uh, and it's a very important tool as you're going through how to sell products today. That's why you're seeing a lot of the ads that are very seriously focused on either helping social justice causes or talking about the content of it. Okay, so in other words, if you do a uh, if you do something for social media, uh, or if you do something for uh, social injustice, anything that uh, makes a statement for uh, sh social justice, that you'll end up uh, you'll get the support, you'll get the advertiser, you'll get the buy if you do something if you make a, a stand. In other words, that's what the studies are saying. And so, by the way. All of the issues regarding kneeling and not kneeling, we'll see what happens at the beginning of the season. We haven't had a couple of weeks to digest it after all of the players' discussions, and I think we're going to have a lot of corporations, not inspired by Ka Kaepernick, but a lot of corporations that will talk a lot about social justice uh, as seasons start. You see the NBA promos on ESPN and, NBA, and, and, and uh, ABC, and they are talking heavily about racial justice and injustice in the context of promoting the beginning of the NBA season, which is something you've never seen before. And it's all not just marketing, but it's the right message to give. So uh, I see the uh, the golf scene. PGA wants to get rid of these pro-ams on Wednesdays and replace them with charity events like they keep having every week now, like last week's with Rom and Poulter and these guys. Well, you know, they really don't want to get rid of the events as much as, in many cases, they're not allowed to do it uh, because of the COVID issue. If you have no fans, a lot of states are going to say no pro-ams. And as you know, pro-ams are one of the biggest fundraisers for tournaments themselves. Uh, Jason Day, Harold Varner, Bubba Watson, Wesley Bryan raised a million bucks for local Columbus charities, then Finau and and Rom and Graham McDowell and Poulter did the same thing. So it's good to have that kind of event as an exciting thing for the tournament. It's good to raise money. And if you didn't have these events, in many cases, you're not going to have the pro-ams because of COVID. How about Bodie Miller doing all these uh, uh, sports academy? Uh, remember when he was just a rebel and then when he got done skiing, he his his child died uh, and drowned in the pool or something horrible happened to he and his wife. Now he's giving back and doing these uh, academies. It's a, a civic leadership academy. Is that what he's doing? Yeah. Uh, he's uh, created a program designed for ski racers, snowboarders, cross-country skiers, grade 7 through 12, outdoor sports enthusiasts. And you see his responsibilities, which include and I'm reading from the release, direct communication with students, along with creating video content, workouts, and webinars. The Bodie Miller of 10 years ago, you wouldn't want anywhere near that, but you're right. Uh, he's found a different life. Tennis icon Andrea Agassi started the tennis-focused academies in the tennis space that evolved into educational community activism. And Bodie Miller looks like he's doing some of the same stuff, so kudos to him. What is CBS doing with their uh, diversity in entertainment news and sports programming? Committing 25% of its scripted development dollars to 
to uh, projects from uh, creators, writers, and producers who are black, indigenous, and people of color, beginning uh, with the 21-22 development season. Uh, The writers' rooms have to be staffed with a minimum of 40% of what we just mentioned, and steady progress has been made, but more will be done as well. So we're talking about storytelling, which, of course, NBC and Mark Lazarus have pioneered, but now CBS and everybody are getting into the whole storytelling world, ESPN, as we know, The Last Dance and otherwise. And I think that's one of the many things that's going to be coming out of this whole George Floyd Black Lives Matter movement. I have to say, uh, you know, it's great what they're doing, but network television sucks. It's awful. It really is. Have you ever watched it lately? It is It is as bad as it gets. I mean, it's all day, too. It's morning, afternoons, and nights. It's just such a disaster. All right, so uh, my thanks to Rick Haro. Uh, at the end there, I didn't uh, hear uh, Mafia telling me uh, that I had to get out. So there you go. A disaster. A plane. That was a plane crash is what that was. So uh, sorry for that disaster. We're cleaning up the bodies as we speak. Um, anyway, I'm trying to, like, get through that, and, and I'm just dealing with uh, whatever. So... Uh, Anyway, so in the second hour, we're going to talk to uh, Mike Blewett, and we're going to get into some NFL talk. Uh, Obviously, there's a lot going on with the uh, NFL. A, they basically uh, came to an agreement today with the Players Association with regards to testing for the COVID. Bottom line is, I don't know exactly the language of it. I haven't you know, studied any of that. I do know that they are going to test them every single day, I think for the first week or first couple weeks, something like that. And then it's going to be every other day after that. So it's going to be certainly intense testing. And obviously that'll uh, give them an idea of what's going on and keep up on the COVID and who's got it and, you know, get those people isolated and quarantined or whatever with each individual uh, situation because you know the bubbles as we saw today the nba had none and the nhl had two and they both had gone through tons of tests thousands of tests in the nba and uh almost uh, a thousand something tested in the nhl it could have been it could have been more but uh they got away with it because they're in these um you know bubbles if you will and uh, the NHL teams haven't even gone to Edmonton and Toronto yet. So once they get up there, I think they might even be safer. This isn't the problem in sports. In college football, that's where the problem will 